0: Got a snow day tomorrow, so. Oh, Oh,
1: you know already? Yes!
0: What's up, party people?
2: It's a
3: Frankie.
0: Oh, hi, Frankie.
2: Jeff, clean your room.
4: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the dodgeball podcast in this episode we're gonna go ahead and recap the east round one elite tournament that took place this past weekend and here to help me do so once again is amanda frankie uh, emily hots and uh jeff um i almost wanted to call you baby jeff off the start but um why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself your team and uh we'll, we'll make the rounds start with you jeff
3: Hi, right, uh, Jeff Juvenko. Uh, I play on Impact for 8.5, and I play with Hello
0: for co-ed. Awesome. I'm Amanda Natalie. I play for Royale, play with Royale for Women's and Night Shift for co-ed.
1: And I'm Emily Hotz, and I am the same teams as Amanda, Royale for Women's, and Night Shift
2: for co-ed. Awesome. Frankie Gianetto, Team Awesome, and Night Shift for coed.
4: Very really cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for hopping on, and, and I mean, here we are. And also, Jeff, thanks for coming on last minute. Um, kind of just plucked you out of nowhere without any warning, so um, no pressure, right? No, no problem. But yeah, we just wanted to get some coverage in the co-ed division as well, so definitely appreciate you. But um, yeah, let's just um, just want to dive right in, and um, I guess we'll probably start with you, Frankie. What was um, what's like your overall takeaway from round one now that's it's said and done?
2: So I think the big theme so far for the East Coast is a lot of changing teams. There's a lot of new teams, and I really can't think of one team that didn't have at least one roster switch this year. So um, I feel like the teams that had a little more experience and had more experienced players were able to go further in the brackets in every division, and the teams that weren't took some time to gel, but, you know, had struggled a little bit, sans Jeff's team.
4: I see. Um, what about you, uh, Emily? What were your kind of big takeaways?
1: Um, I felt like some of the big takeaways were um, some of the the rule changes, like the, the best of seven games. I felt like that was a pretty big difference. And then the single elimination was also um, a pretty big. It just felt very different. So um, it was interesting sort of getting used to those uh, new rule changes.
3: Yeah, I
4: kind of wanted to, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to bring that up, but I guess now's as good as time as any. Um, did you like the single elimination format, Emily?
1: Um, I mean, we ended up doing really well in both divisions, so it worked out really well for us. Um, I think it took a little bit of pressure off when you do win those games of just not really thinking like, okay, we knocked that team down, we won that series, but yet they could still come back and beat us next time because a lot of these teams are really good. So um, I appreciated that about the single elimination. I just think the the point of doing the best of seven games was to try to cut down on timing of the tournament and yet we were playing after 10:30 p.m because most of the series seemed like they went to all seven games so i don't really know if that cut back on time gotcha
4: yeah i, I remember or i remember reading or, or seeing things like why is it running so late and you we know, have something that we can also talk about but um gonna go to you amanda what was, what was your thoughts overall from this past weekend or from i guess yesterday
0: yeah, I think Frankie and Emily both said the two things I was going to say. Um, the women's division this year has an, another new team, which is great. Um, but again, not a, I don't think a single team is the same as it was last year. Teams have merged. Um, we have some players from Canada on one of the teams this year. So um, the teams look completely different. And I think the biggest difference was definitely the single elimination Um knowing that once you were out you were done for the day you didn't have a chance to come back so
4: that's that's crazy definitely the
0: biggest changes
4: um one big change you're playing so that's great right
0: yeah are you uh
4: (laughs) you fully healed and like you're you're i
0: i would say i'm at like 95 percent i don't know if i'll ever be back to 100 percent, but just going with it
4: awesome well it's good to see that you're you're fully back now and um yeah and, and how about you jeff um What were your thoughts overall for for Saturday?
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the biggest changes were really kind of what they said. Um, As far as the single elimination, I actually was kind of a fan of it. Um, I didn't think I was going to be. I'm a big fan of having, like, a second chance to come back and, like, redeem yourself if you screw up on something. But I kind of like this because it it made every game that much more important. Uh, You you couldn't kind of, like... you had to be on your toes during uh, all-around Robin. And then the the best-of-seven series, um, even though I don't know if it cuts down on time or if that's what it was designed for, but, like, um, it, it, it was just nice having a best-of-seven series because then there's less of a chance of, like, oh, that team won that first game because of a weird deflection play, and now your back's up against the wall. And it, it, you had more of a chance that, like, the team that played better throughout would be the one that wins that series.
4: Yeah, it almost sounds like at first single elimination would be just not forgiving at all. And um, if you have a bad like round or two, you're, you're just done. You get to go home, and that sucks. But I think four out of seven gives teams a chance to kind of um, pull together. I And I experienced this when I went to the Dodgeball Tribune tournament. It was, um, it was weird at first um, playing in a single elimination format. But then when we were playing against, I think, Gridlock, um, there was a point where either team could have taken it like i think we took the first two games and that would have ended it right there but because it was a series um it was just different all around so i I don't know how i feel about it i guess i'll i won't experience it until round three but i'm curious to see like how how west goes but um one question i have for you um jeff and sorry for being so ignorant but um when did you start playing elite just want to get some more insight on you real, real quick
3: uh, my first elite round that I ever did was three years ago. I think it was Boston or, uh, it was New York. It was like Brooklyn round two. Gotcha. I think I played with Ram jam for <laughs> one round. Uh, my first full year was two years ago I did with, uh, mutiny. So that was like me and my brother drew. And then we had some other people from awesome and like Jordan Burkowski and, um, we, we, we kind of varied our players throughout the rounds that year. And then last year I played with Brick Squad for the full year, and then now we kind of formed our own team as Impact, and we're gonna be riding that out for a while.
4: Gotcha. Um, any reason why you're not on Awesome?
3: Um, me and my brothers just don't mesh well together when we play together.
4: Gotcha. Frankie and Man are yeah. just grinning right now. Yeah, it, it's
3: it's just it was just tough. Like we would have chemistry, but like we would be yelling at each other too much, and uh, I just. And they're getting older, so you know. oh, <laughs> the time is now,
4: old man. <laughs> oh man, that freaking meme. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. All right, yeah. Thanks for for helping me put that together a little bit because I just again I'm assuming. Oh, uh, Giovinco, you must be uh, on Team Awesome. I, I made that mistake earlier. I'm definitely gonna cut that out, but um, glad I, I got that underway. So um, speaking of, so was Brick Squad? Um, were they? Are they coming back, or did I miss them? I'm looking at
3: the bracket uh, here. No, nah, they're broken up right now just because um sean is playing west coast this year um chris wheeler went to awesome and then andy's playing uh andy smith is playing with awesome for this round and next round right frankie correct yeah and then um the the other two players from uh brick squad are just not playing elite this year gotcha and
2: then nar went to go
3: oh uh, yeah that's it
4: okay because uh, somebody made that comment on, I think, one of the streams saying, uh, is Chris Wheeler playing for Awesome? So I immediately started looking for, yeah, here we go. Chris Wheeler, and I guess parentheses, and Andy Smith on Team Awesome. So that's part of that shakeup, I guess. Gotcha. Um, what other teams um, were part of that shakeup or, or part of that uh, the change? And this can go to anybody um, for both coed and, and women's as well.
0: Um. So on the women's side, um, K.O. and Anarchy joined together. Um, we play with Anarchy all the time in practice. We practice with them, but then we'd go and play against them. Um, so our goal was to kind of keep as many local players as possible so we could practice together regularly. Um, and then Precision broke up. Um, they still have a team, but Tasha... And Flo left and started their own team. They created Clash. Okay. Um, I think the only teams that stayed pretty consistent were Venom and Clutch Mode. But I still think that within that, there's still a new player or two in there. I believe on each team. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of changes happening in the women's division.
4: Gotcha. And so is it fair to say Ko and Anarchy became Royale? Like that's where those teams yes. came from? Okay. And then Clash mostly came from Precision.
0: Yeah, uh, Precision has a lot of the same players, but Tasha and Flo left and started Clash, from what I understand.
4: Okay, so so Precision's still around, right? Yes. Okay, I guess I could just check the darn thing. Uh, Let's see. I guess we got Precision. I didn't know uh, Clutch Mode had a a women's team.
0: Yep, this is their second year. Okay. Um, And there was a couple new women's teams as well, Devil's Advocate, uh, Stealth Mode, and then Clash and Royale, so.
4: Gotcha. Uh, Let's see, well I guess we can kind of just go into the the women's division, um, since we're kind of talking about it right now, but um, what was, I mean, it looks like Royale was pretty much the the dominating force, was that the case, or um, Emily, did you guys have like a, anybody give you a hard time, or what was that like playing in that bracket?
0: Clash definitely gave us a run for for the, our money, um, both in round robin and in in the bracket. Um, as, if you're looking at the bracket, you can see that we um, went four and three against him in finals. So we won the first three games, and then they won the next three. And so it came down to the seventh game. Um, so I know there was like the question of like, how does it feel to come back from a three and oh, you know, from a three and O standpoint and for, you know, a second there, there we thought that that was going to happen. So it felt really nice to finally win one, but, um, they're definitely gonna, gonna be a hard team to beat moving forward.
4: Gotcha. And I wonder if you're echoing was Adam DeMeyer, his question about like how much better does a three, one comeback feel versus in a one and O come I mean, obviously that didn't happen, but that probably made the, the game that much more suspenseful and probably good thing you guys didn't lose that one after a three O lead.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely makes it feel a little bit more earned. Like Jeff was saying, I feel like sometimes you can just have a bad game, some bad ricochets, some some grazes, where it's just like sort of luck at that point. So if they're really gonna come around and beat us like four games in a row, I would be like, wow, you know, they really deserve that. Um, so, but you know, we clinched that that last game, which was awesome.
4: Yeah, that's a good point because I mean, a ricochet could. Really, just go the wrong way, or, or a tipped catch, or just something just that doesn't really point because of skill. It was just like a, a just a random coincidence or a series of events. So, being able to say, yeah, no, we beat this team four times. Like, yeah, that that's that was supposed to happen. That was definitely the way it was supposed to go. Um, did any of you guys, uh, Amanda or Emily, have any um, takeaways from Venom? I'm curious to see how they how they looked. Um, looks like they got knocked out right away. But um, in terms of round robin and just overall, how do they look?
0: Um, they looked good in in round robin. They ended up with the three seed. Um, I believe they went four and two, so I think they they only lost to Royale and Clash. Um, and then going into the the bracket, they started out three and zero, so they just needed to win that next game. And Devil's Advocate actually came back and won four in a row to beat them. So I think it was a little bit of a shock to everyone um, to see that happen, hmm. but. Nicole Napoli played with Devil's Advocate and she definitely was a big reason why they did so well yesterday.
4: Uh, big reason as in like throwing a lot, catching all around? just.
0: Um, I didn't see her make a lot of catches, but I wasn't necessarily watching them. But there I, there was one game I watched, for, not necessarily against know I don't remember who they were playing, but she took out five of the six players on the other team. Jeez. So she was just hitting everything yesterday.
1: Yeah, she was definitely on fire and just doing some really smart plays and some good dodges. So I definitely noticed that too.
4: That's awesome. Um, Devil's Advocate, were they? They're not a new team, right?
1: They are a new team. They, they are, are. Okay. Yeah. and a lot of first-time elite players, I believe, as well. Which was really cool to see them come out.
4: Hmm. Yeah, usually, uh. Not calling Tyler out because I know he's busy, but usually, like the the power rankings, would be out around this time, so it'd be kind of cool to kind of match faces with uh, with names and, and teams. But um, aside from Nicole, uh, were there any other players that really just showed up on um, during that division?
0: So from Clash, um, their whole team was phenomenal, but have Marcel in the corner was like super noticeable anytime you went up to the line you just never knew if she was going to counter if you were throwing at her you never knew if she was going to catch so I've never played against her before and I was super aware of her on the court Um, Tasha is always super difficult to get out I think she beat us in a a game in the the elimination bracket um, where I think we might have been up four on one against her and she came back and won I believe Um, so just like you know, she's super, super good at dodging, super good at blocking, has a great arm. Um, so she played super well. Danielle Zelensky is o- always, always making plays. It's just, their whole team is is good. So they, they all played super well yesterday.
1: Yeah, they also had uh, an Emily on their team. I don't know her last name. I think it starts with a B. Baumgartner. Uh, yep. Yeah. And she was playing on the, the other corner, usually. And she was also a lot of pressure playing up the line, um, making a lot of counters, too. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, Clash was a really, really great team.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, props to whoever's putting their social media together, because they, it's really helpful. Um, and then also, I think uh, we, we talked about her briefly coming back um, when I was interviewing um, Jenny Hodge. That's a name I recognize from, I think, uh, Arkham. And then, um, how did how did the geo do? Danielle, did you get a chance to watch her, Jeff, at all? Or
3: um, I didn't really get to see much of them uh, in the women's, just because the the women's court was on like the complete opposite side of the building. I, I had no clue where they were even playing. Um, yeah, doran Cowett though, she was doing just about as well as she always does. She was making some catches. Good
4: heads up plays and everything. Gotcha. Um, you right there, Amanda?
0: Yeah. Um, no, she she was again just like playing great defense, you know, pump faking, getting people back from the line. Um, she's another one that pulls out those sneaky catches where you're just when you least expect it. So she was always a threat when she was on the court. Um I was really excited because Jenny Hodge was back for the first time since her uh, ankle injury at round three, which happened to be at the same gym that we were playing at. Um, So this was her first time back at that location. She was really nervous, Um, but she was on fire. Her throw, I think she's gotten stronger in the off season because she was just lighting people up. Um, So that was really exciting to see.
4: That's awesome. I was actually going to ask about her because, um, obviously, again, got to know her a little bit more last weekend, and um, she's she said that she's got pretty large hands. So I wonder if that translates <laughs> to being able to throw really hard. And may <laughs> make you laugh there with, with that comment, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to see her play now. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many uh, Jeff? How many geos are there out there? Like, are there going to be
3: any more dodgeball players coming in from your family or? Uh, no, nah, there's um, there's five of us total, like five kids. Um, only three of us play. So, but
0: A couple what? of the girlfriends are starting to play.
2: Both yeah. girlfriends and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha.
4: Um.
1: So I, just- I would say the oh the other ladies that definitely stood out. Um, on the women's side, just to sort of um, add a little bit. I think Sam Girardi um, was playing really good defense. Um, She wears this really cool uh, silver mouth guard now too, and it's like super awesome. It looks totally badass, which is cool. Um, But she was playing really well. And and as always, Ashley um, from Venom um, also was just on her game. She's definitely a big threat on that team, and we always, you know have to watch her pretty closely and try to target her um pretty quickly um off the bat and the one other thing i know amanda's on with us this podcast but running the women's division and co-ed and playing with her she did a phenomenal job so i just want to give her some props for that
4: oh (laughs) nice (laughs) i mean it's obviously it's early but do you think royale clash and precision are going to be the dominating teams moving forward or do you think this can be like anybody's uh division still
1: uh, I would probably say Royale, Clash, um, and then Precision or Venom, sort of depending on who's on fire those days.
4: Gotcha.
0: Yeah,
4: 100%. Very cool. Um, let's see. Let's go ahead and move on to, um, to Coed No Sting. So we had, what, 21 teams here. And I'm assuming you guys played in all divisions, right? Yeah, Coed as well? Yeah. What did uh what did that look like overall, Frankie? I've been kind of silent for a little bit, so I'll throw you in here.
2: Sure. Um. So it it was slow. <laughs> Round robin. I don't feel like most teams are very accurate, and that took a while. But by playoffs, I think it got really fun. There are a lot of really close matches. Um. I know for us, we were the the. The uh, lower seed that got to go far, Night Shift was 12, and we made it to second before Jeff's team, Hello, stomped us. But a lot of our games, we had some 4-2s, some 4-3s with like a 10-minute back and forth with Aftershock. Uh, On the other side of the bracket, I'm pretty sure that Awesome and Hello was a pretty close 4-2 game. I don't know how that started. I think it was 2-2, and then Jeff's team won 2 so I think uh, as the bracket moved on, it started to get a lot more intense and competitive, even though everyone was tired, and it was like 9 p.m. at that point. Um, the one switch that we didn't bring up in the rules that impacted a lot, and I think you see it a lot here in co-ed, with the seeding now, going to match win percentage first, your round robin mattered a lot. So there's some teams that, Maybe they had, I don't know if they had an easier round robin or they were just very dominant in round robin, but the seeds got really shook up in co If you look at the top half of the bracket, I think like the one, four, and five seed all got knocked out within their first or second game. Huh. And then the bottom half, I think that one went a little more chalk. But seeding definitely got shook up a lot in co-ed, and I think that was probably due to match win percentage being heavier. So round-robin games really mattered.
4: Do you think some teams didn't really take that into consideration? Because I'm not saying teams will sandbag, but they'll kind of just take it easy and then save everything they have for for bracket play. Do you think that might have impacted some of these guys?
2: I think definitely. Um, I know once co-ed starts, people normally... At that point, are all like, oh, like I'm so tired. I don't want to play anymore because both the men and the women have played a full division. So right. I think when it's first starting, people are like taking it easy, trying to like switch to a different ball and keep going. But again, by playoffs, everyone seemed more accurate. It was very competitive.
4: Gotcha. And maybe um, maybe you can chime in on this one, Amanda. Do, so do you think the single elimination is what caused the 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 games to go so long, or caused the day to go so long? And the best four or uh, seven or was it like other circumstances? Um,
0: so I think what caused it to go so long was the time in the time getting everyone started. So it's loud in the gym. It's hard to get people on the courts. It's hard to get the refs to the courts. And then when you have seven games and you have teams huddling after each game for 20, 30 seconds, that's happening six, seven times got it. that adds on three or four minutes every um, match too. So I don't, think it's necessarily the fact that we did the you know single elimination seven seven games because it's less games theoretically than a double elimination bracket which is usually twice the size um but uh, open ran long then we had showdown in between um plus getting the court set up and all that for showdown and so it's just a lot of things that added to it um so hopefully gotcha. we can make some changes, just some small changes on the that end, and make round two a little bit a little bit uh, faster.
4: Gotcha. So just a lot of little things, kind of like the death by a thousand paper cuts kind of thing. Yeah. Just seconds here and there. Gotcha. Um, let me look at some of these teams here. Um, what are what are the new teams here? Is taken new?
2: Yeah, taken um, new. They're from Jersey. Um, it's some players that play with Mount Olympus, so Mount Olympus kind of has players on both teams. Got it. They're old trampoline teams.
4: Okay. And then um, Impact, Jeff, you said that's your open team, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, we had uh, already seven players on our open roster, so like that would be a lot of players, so we decided to split our roster into two teams. So Perfect. it's Hello and Impact are kind of like our players split.
4: Gotcha. I was going uh, to ask yeah. why you with them, but bear uh, in mind.
3: Yeah, the hello team was like three people, three of us from Impact, and then we picked up like two other players. Um, like we picked up Chris Wheeler and then Tyler Alcantara, and then we had their girls.
4: Gotcha. And uh, Zero, That's is that Dr. Kwan's team?
0: Uh, that, yeah, that's Alfred's team. They have kind of a hodgepodge of guys from all over for. Um, for Open, and then TJ and Steve are with us for Night Shift, and the other guys um, are playing with them for for co-ed.
4: Gotcha. And then um, Night Shift, obviously not new. Uh, Dark Side, are they new? No. They been around They
2: played last year. They're from New York. I see.
4: So Jeff I wanted to ask you um, about Space Cadets. Um, again, I've been kind of following them a little bit, but uh, how was your match against them?
3: Um, in elimination, Is that for me.
4: Yeah, d- during the I think
3: it, you took a, it was four to one. Yeah, um yeah, we like we were pretty dominant um, for the most part. The there's they're a tricky team though, just because like the players on that team, like it, you're like you're pretty confident going in against them, but then you have players like Adam Demir. Mm-hmm. He's just like he'll just catch you on like. He has such awkward throws that, like, if you're not paying attention, he'll just sneak one in on you. And then they have um, Drew in their other corner, who's always been a solid arm. And then Jason Blue, when he's on, he catches almost everything.
4: Gotcha. Did uh? Do you think not having Colin impacted them? Because I think he told me he left before or right after open.
3: Um, they they. I mean, they lose a catcher from that, but um, overall, I don't think it affected them too too much. Uh, the yeah, I, I, I don't think it was too much of an effect on them. Gotcha.
4: And then, uh, so going back to Frankie, sorry about that. So I wanted to kind of ask you to just kind of walk me through your, your series here. But uh, what threw me off is, uh, is this 7 mode, or am I just not reading this right? <coughs> Z mode. Z mode, OK. Yeah, I don't know why that threw me off so bad. But I was like, uh, I just forgot who I am for a second.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so what, can you kind of walk me through that match?
2: Yeah, sure. Out. So our first match was, since we were one of the lower seeds, kind of a playing game, um, and it went pretty heavily in our favor, and then we played Z-Mode. Z-Mode is just like Jeff's team and most teams, honestly. Clutch Mode kind of takes their seven guys and splits them, and then Clutch Mode has a lot of female players as well, so they're able to fully do two teams. So this was the other Clutch Mode team, and... Um, it really came down in that match they had one guy I think his name is Brian Baker who was just slinging it so if we got him out early those games went pretty nicely and then games where he was in there for a while were really close but we did wind up 4-0ing them I think two of them were probably close Amanda or Emily you could correct me if I'm wrong there but I think it was probably like two games where we just ran over them and two that were really close and they got a lot of us out Hmm.
0: Gotcha. yeah yeah um, I definitely was nervous going in because we did not play well in round Robin. We, I think we started off zero three and I think we got two owed in most of those matches. Um, so I wasn't super confident walking in. Um, we played well against Darkseid, but walking in to Z mode sitting at a five seed and hearing ha- about how well they had played in round Robin, I was definitely nervous. Um, but we made some good plays we got a couple of lucky double hits in a couple of the games. Um, so it was it was nice to make it through round two pretty easily and feel like we had some momentum. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest switch was we were finally hitting our shots. I felt like all seven of us were actually getting hits, whereas in round robin it would be like one or two per game. Mostly Nar was really accurate, and everyone else it was like, oh, we'll see. Maybe like one every three throws you might be on target.
4: Gotcha. Do you think it was uh, transitioning from, from open and women's into co ed that might cause that or the like initial yeah. hiccup or?
2: I feel like no it's just harder to be accurate. It's just kind of how it is for everyone. I mean, I mean, women didn't transition at all for that, but guys definitely, I feel like they.
0: Well, we have to transition from having a neutral zone and throwing at yeah. 20 feet to 25 feet. Yeah, and that true. definitely takes a little bit of an edge off of your throw. Um, but. It's just getting used to that center line and remembering that you have to stop.
4: <laughs> just out of curiosity, anybody like uh, just walk over the center line? Like any of those? I'm pretty
0: sure Nard did in our first game. First game, yeah.
2: first time you touched a ball, first time on our team for co ed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate when it happens to me, but I love when it happens to other people. It's just so funny to watch. You're like, hey, wait, where, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Um, Emily, you've been kind of silent off a little bit. How was your uh, co ed experience?
1: Um, i had a great time playing co-ed i feel like i i usually play sort of left corner or second in on the left and was playing next to nar and he was making phenomenal blocks great snipes counters when we threw together we usually got a hit at least one of us so we we had some really good court chemistry there too um but yeah everyone just sort of picked it up at the end and we were all hitting our targets and i feel like our team in particular has um really good positive energy we have a good time we all like each other and that just makes it so much more enjoyable and fun and even if somebody messes up here and there we're still really supportive of each other so um i had a great time during COVID.
4: nice um let's see Going with you, Jeff, so, I mean, you guys took it, congrats, but, uh, can you kind of walk me through your guys's, uh, I guess you say, for lack of better words, like your journey, um, were, were there any teams that really gave you guys a hard time, or what was, what was that like?
3: Yeah, so, um, our, our road, like, honestly, we, most of our games were pretty close, um, we, we have, uh, this was, like, a lot of our times, first time playing together, um, like, as a full team, um, we we've all kind of played together before, but just in pieces, like one person played with him. And, but it was our first time fully playing together. So during like round robin an early bracket, we were kind of still figuring out how to like mesh together well and make our play calls. Um, our, our game against incursion was pretty fun. Uh, that was like, we four won them, but every game was came down to pretty close. Um, that's like Mike McGee's team. Uh, and the one game that we lost was when Mike McGee decided to actually throw right-handed. <laughs> it was terrifying. He was throwing left-handed the entire time.
4: Oh, because um, of uh, is it because of his hand? to be still kind of holding back? or His elbow. His
3: elbow. Yeah, his, his right arm is not. Uh, it, his his doctor said that he shouldn't be throwing with his right arm, so he's been throwing left-handed and like, behind the back, and it's still terrifying. But... <laughs> It's uh, it's just unfair going up against him sometimes. What's, uh? uh Chris we- yeah, Chris Wheeler got blasted point blank by him with the right hand. That was <laughs> that was bad. But uh, but yeah, once once we figured them out pretty well, uh, we, we kind of took most of the games.
4: What um, uh? What happened with his elbow? Um, was that a new injury
3: or? I think, he, I think he said it was something with his bicep.
1: Yeah, I think he tore the bicep during was it worlds or was it during nationals? I can't remember.
0: I've heard worlds that the he he messed it up with the foam. Or no. Yeah, worlds is foam. Yeah.
4: Oh man. Yeah. So he, he like broke his hand during nationals and then went off to like destroy his arm in, in Worlds. Yeah. That sucks. Poor guy. But uh and so he's been playing left handed, is he still um I mean, you're saying like he's still pretty he's scary still when pretty he does scary. throw, but like, how's that change his game? Like, is it pretty dramatic or?
3: Um, it 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 definitely puts like a handicap on him. Just the fact that like when he goes up to throw, you don't have to worry about it as much. But I mean, his left-handed throw is still just as good as some people's uh, strong hand throw. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Playing against him weekly at practice, his left arm is still stronger than a lot of people's right, but he's not nearly as accurate. So you still need to be aware of it, but it's not as nearly as terrifying as it is when he's throwing righty. Man.
1: Yeah, there's and not quite as much sting to it at practice either. It's like before it was like phenomenal and scary, and would like leave a bruise almost instantaneously, and now it's like okay, you're gonna hit me, you're probably gonna get me out, but I'm not like. You know, curled up in a ball.
4: Yeah, I'm not bleeding internally after this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh,
2: he, he's also not really playing corner or pump faking a lot. And like a lot of Mikey's game is just being a terrifying corner and pump faking you to jump early or throwing through your blocks. And that's something he's lacking without being able to throw it hundred percent.
4: I can see how that that takes a lot of pressure off. Um he he threw at me during West round three and um anticipating it was gonna be high, jumped up to try to catch it, but he actually placed a little bit lower so it hit my knee and it just like just took off like i think the ball is still flying in the air it just kept going and i was like man he gets people in the face with, with throws like that this, that's not good <laughs> but yeah. um yeah powerful guy um sorry, i just did to cut you off earlier but I, I wanted to just get some some updates on, on him because I, I thought his his right hand was was healed but it sounds like he's got other oh, stuff to worry about which sucks but um how was your match against awesome what, what's that like playing against them especially uh in something as high stakes as single elimination
3: yeah, that was our toughest matchup. And that one felt good because that uh, I was playing against my brothers, and uh, they knocked us out in open. And it seems like every time I match up against them, they they always have my number, and they always knock me out. so <laughs> <Thank> you, celebrating. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was a fun one. Um, that one again was pretty back and forth. Uh, like they would take one, we would take one, uh, and then we went up two on them. So we had a little bit of a buffer there. Um, but for the most part, um. A, a big part of the reason why we won that was because Kyle Sander on our team was just rocketing throws. He was making a lot of good heads-up uh, plays, too. Like, Matt counters a lot. So he was really aware of that and doing a good job of avoiding Matt's throws. Um, and he was just he was just a force that game.
4: Gotcha. Um, well, what happened... Sorry, Frankie, I'm going to call you up. What happened with your battle in Night Shift um, 4-0?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, gonna,
4: I couldn't put that more sensitively, but uh, what happened there?
2: Yeah, so when we played them in round robin, it was really close. So we actually felt pretty good going to the finals. We thought we might be able to hang a little bit, but they're five deep with arms and no sting. And then they're also four to five deep with catching and no sting. And then they are girls too, Megan Fricker, um, Joanne, and then I think Emily was the other girl. Like they're just top to bottom, really deep, and none of them seemed tired. And <laughs> there are some games where we were like chipping away and like we might get Jeff out and we might get Kyle out, but then Matt Levine would like catch two of us. Or I, just like if they got ball control, they would be able to just kind of like tee off and go down the line. It was just, they were too much for us at that point. And I think we um we had a much tougher road than them. A lot of our games were closer and it was really like, we were given it our all the whole time not to say you guys weren't trying but like we were definitely pushed to our limits throughout the whole time so i think by the time we played them we might have been a little slower than we needed to be and they uh they didn't take it easy they they're just kind of trampled over us
3: they're just ready yeah well um, we, we came off that awesome win too so after that like we, we all wanted it real bad gotcha yeah i mean that's... yeah we
0: are just excited to be in the final <laughs>
4: <laughs> like uh we're, we're, we're okay with this this works for us maybe um, we're normally
0: like a, a five
2: or six seed fifth sixth place kind of team so pushing to the finals was awesome for us and yeah <laughs> okay
4: so that that's wish it was a little more competitive but <laughs> That's a pretty big improvement then on your guys's part a good showing overall yeah gotcha
2: yeah
4: um also uh, I meant to ask you earlier Jeff hello what's what's the what's, what's behind that
3: why the name hello uh, it's just a it was a it started off as a little dumb inside joke between me and Chris Wheeler uh, and then we kind of just ran with it there and so we're we're coming up with a bunch of ideas for like jerseys and everything so we, we, it it kind of just took off from there and now we're it's going to be just more of a more of a fun fun team than like serious in, the, in that sense,
4: gotcha. But winning okay. while having fun, apparently. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and just do some like high level takeaways in, in terms of like, um, like teams and players, um, and then we'll move on to to open. But uh, we'll start with you, Emily. Was there anything else that you wanted to kind of uh, pitch in, or just say you know overall from this division from co-ed
1: Um, I mean, I felt like in the elimination games, like Frankie said, the first game that we had against Darkseid, although I've, I think they've gotten a lot stronger than they were from last year, from what I can remember of their play. So, um, But it was a sort of a way for us to get our bearings, get our our gel. um, And then everything from there on out was a pretty hard battle, like we've been saying. So I just think the the level of competition with this no sting with co-ed is really high. And I'm sort of interested to see... Um, next year when the rules change and you have to have three women um, on the court. I just really wonder what that's going to be like. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm someone who's like, all right, I want to play this game. I want to do the best that I can. And then I just try to forget about it and move on to the next game. So I'm not a great player to, <laughs> to sort of remember sort of takeaways, but um, at least for our team, I think NAR, um, was a huge
4: pickup uh for us, so that was really helpful. Gotcha. Um and you guys you guys have been playing Coed had been no sting this whole time, right? That that's not new. No. Is that correct? Okay. Right. Yeah, so obviously there wasn't any like huge changes. Again, um just the West bias speaking, but I'm I'm curious to see how that's gonna go, but we'll obviously talk about that next episode. But um how about you, Frankie? How about any like last high level um takeaways for, for Coed overall?
2: Yeah, um, I'll shout out a few players for you. So Tama on Zero had a game where he absolutely smoked us. And I think Amanda's freaking out on the video right now because (laughs) I probably stole hers. But um, it was really fun to watch. And Zero also had a guy that transitioned from trampoline. I think his name is CJ Berger. Um, He was playing really well. Uh, on aftershock i don't know a specific player that was playing well their whole team was like obviously Wyatt throws really hard but that whole team um they always excel in no sting like if they have a rough series and open you can always expect them to sneak into like close to the top four if not get past that in no sting and they were really good um and then and on Mount Olympus, Dean, Testa, and Tyrell. I didn't play against them, but I refed a couple of their games and watched a couple, and those two are really killing it in no sting. Gotcha. And that's my list. <laughs>
4: nice. Man, do you have any after uh, Frankie Solar Thunder?
0: Yeah, my biggest shout-out was going to be just Zero as a whole, their whole team walking into it. I had um, caught the end of them playing woke and I was – uh, woke is the is like the half of anarchy anarchy also split to become woke in incursion and so that was billy schmidt casey moses um i'm blanking on the rest of the team but it's a strong team so watching woke ending up taking them out four three um i was nervous going into woke and rightfully so because tama was amazing on the right corner carl scholl was scary on the left corner Um, All of their guys could throw. They were making catches. Uh, Michelle Radley at one point, we were going to the, I think we were up 3-0 on them and we had three people left in and we all threw at Michelle Radley. And she, of course, came out of it with a catch that ended up turning into them winning. So their whole team was just played really well. um, Nice. Which was awesome to see. Um, And then I think... um, I was a little surprised to see goat not make it farther than they did because they had a lot of great players, but then seeing that they match up against zero first it now makes a little more sense I guess because zero was on fire. Um, it looks I'll like throw
2: the- Steve, let me throw a little shake because Justin listens to these. Uh-oh. Oh God. <laughs> no no. Justin knows his nursing game and uh, I'm happy to play him anytime in nursing where it's a little more in my favor for once. Shout out to Justin and Dre there.
4: That wasn't uh, that wasn't too shady. That wasn't too bad. I was expecting.
2: <laughs> that's East Coast shade. We're a little nicer. Gotcha. <laughs> that, that's probably why.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, I was curious to see how they're going to turn out because um, I think it's one of the new additions was was Jenny, obviously, and then um, but uh, I guess we'll have to see what future rounds uh, play out. Um, and last but definitely not least, how about you, Jeff? Would you, uh, any major takeaways just overall that you wanted to get in before we move on to open?
3: Yeah, just the um, biggest shock team for me was probably zero, just because um, like I, I know that all the the players on there are good individually, but it was interesting to see how they all came together as a team without like much practice together, and they did really good. Um, individual players, um, I. I i'll go with what frankie said um dean Testa. i i hate to give it to him but <laughs> he had my number that entire time and those thing he just anytime i was without a ball he was just didn't let me breathe just going so, straight for you yeah
4: and his name is dean testa yeah oh huh, okay i think i've heard that name a few times uh at least i've seen it on facebook but um definitely somebody to look out for and um yeah i'm curious to see how Zero's going to play out um well, cool. So let, let's just continue with with open and um, Frankie. I, I mean, Justin's not here to defend himself, but I wanted to ask, like, well, what did Goat look like? Um, I was surprised that they um, didn't go all the way. So, from your observation, like, how they look?
2: Um, so overall, in open the and like round robin, I didn't get to see them much because we were on the other side. Um, they were on the side with anarchy and then our side had arkham clutch mode zero impact Uh, we had a lot of talent on our side so i didn't really see them too much in the playoffs when we played them the games were a little closer than the score looks um unfortunately there was a lot of like ref issues in our game on both sides like i feel like every game both sides felt something was like called wrong and it was a little messy, but overall, um, a lot of games ta- came down to like individual plays. There was a game where Dre like, jumped and caught a ball, and then I think he like blocked another and immediately hit someone. I had a game with two catches when I was the last one left. Dan O'Hara had a game where he caught one when he was one of the last ones left. So it was a little bit more back and forth than the score reflects. Um, they've had a bit of turnover too. They lost a player from last year and then they picked up Sean and Gnar. Um, so you could argue they're stronger arm-wise. I guess, honestly, they just kind of ran into us and we were playing well. Um, I think in round-robin, they only dropped two or three series, so they did pretty well in round-robin, round but in the playoffs we were able to edge them out in the close games and we took it 4-1.
4: Gotcha. Um, let's see. who else did you guys play against? Um... So you guys played against Space Cadets, uh, took them 4-2. to
2: That game was closer than the score as well. (laughs) We actually went up 2-0, and then they smoked us the third game, and then the fourth game, I don't remember exactly, but I think I remember it being one of those kind of like BS games where there's like ricochets or like double catch, not double catch, but like a lot of like weird catches and stuff, and then... um, we put it together and finished them off but that was way scarier than it needed to be and they beat us at nationals so they're like always hyped to play us now
4: nice so you got <laughs> to answer them back for for nationals yeah yeah so um let's see what was uh and maybe we can take this one too uh jeff but playing against awesome how did that go i think you made the comment earlier that you were happy you beat them
3: yeah it went about how it did every other time um they just we uh we haven't really played full team awesome before as our team impact um so it was definitely a learning curve for us um because like awesome it's just they have that chemistry where most of the players have been playing together for a while like their core has been and um our team just hasn't actually had a full matchup against them before so it was a big learning curve um uh, I don't think that uh, a lot of our players knew what Boston's plays were, so we really didn't know how to predict what was coming.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a good like learning experience for, for next round, more or less? Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, because uh, our matchups before that were like Mount Olympus and Aftershock, and we played them all the time in local tournaments, so we really knew how to play them pretty well.
4: Yeah, so speaking of Mount Olympus, uh, Dominic's playing on that team, right? Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, maybe get to see him play? Like, how, how does he look?
3: He's making some nice catches. Um, did he catch Drew at one point, Frankie? Uh,
2: I don't remember. Because <laughs> we had them in round-robin too, I think. They were on our half. Yeah, our half of the bracket, fe- or not the bracket, the round-robin felt so strong. Like, I don't think there were any easy games.
4: Hmm, okay, yeah, I was just curious because again talking to him and, and the fact that he's just filmed every single event I was curious to see how he's how he's gonna look um, he even, I know, you know he's happy
2: him? to be playing Very happy.
4: I'll bet um, Do you guys have any comments on clutch mode? how do they look? They look like they Went pretty far until An- Anarchy took them out
2: Yeah, we played them in round robin um, Their whole team can catch at this point and they've had a lot of turnover. There was a team, Z-Warriors, last year, and then in clutch mode kind of mixed up some players into just clutch mode now, and then I think a couple old clutch mode players are on other teams like Bulls and Aftershock. Um, so I think they're a team that kind of had a rougher time in Round Robin but started to really feel it once they hit the playoffs. I don't okay. think their game against um, Anarchy was too competitive, but I think they beat some pretty good teams to get there. Um okay, so they they beat Zero, who was on fire in round robin. They smoked team they, they smoked us in the round robin. That was our worst loss of the day. We might as well have not even shown up to that game. It was just like a brutal 2-0 loss. And then they beat Bulls, who's a new team. It's got a lot of young kids. And when I say young kids, I actually mean young kids. They're like 18. Oh man, they're actually children. <laughs> And they got a nice upset over the four seed, a New York team named Nice. So I think they were feeling pretty good, but clutch mode was in their groove by then. So they were able to make it into the top four. Gotcha.
0: So speaking of that, I think this is a case of where the the best of seven um, really impacted things. So my fiance is on zero and he was, I didn't get to see their game because it was happening during our elimination matches. Um, But, you know, I came in to see how they were doing and they were already knocked out and I asked him what happened and he said, you know, we played clutch mode and we took the first two games and in a normal situation, that would have been enough for them to move on and for clutch mode to be knocked into the loser's bracket. But then because it was the seven, seven or best of seven, clutch mode came back and ended up winning the next four. And I mean, he wasn't upset. It was the team's first time playing together, but I think that just goes to show like, a team that ended up coming out top four because it was best of seven ended up moving on whereas in the old format would have been in the loser's bracket really early on.
4: Yeah. Now, again, that, that's another benefit about this whole best of seven thing for single because it's... I mean, how many times do you hear like, oh, we would have won that game if not for the refs or not for this one one event that that caused the entire series to, to fall apart. But if you're crying about how one bad call or one silly play took out your entire team in a four game series that's uh i think you're being a little unrealistic there you had your chance to to come back um regarding bulls nation um abdul said he asked about them so they're just a a, ki- a brand new team of of kids or are they coming from udc or wh- where's where are they coming from high school high school yeah <laughs> <Okay>. um,
2: <laughs>
4: <sure. laughs> nice
2: Two of them play in local stuff. Uh, Jordan Shelley is captaining them. He's, uh, he's someone that he's young, but he plays nonstop. Like he's in two leagues. He comes to every tournament, and he's really working on it. So it's good to see them have a little bit of success and get into the top eight. Um, they also have some people that used to be on clutch mode. They have Dalton uh, Zeimer and Will Bethard. I don't know their other players, but Dalton and Will are both pretty good. Dalton can throw really hard. Will can catch really well. Do you know, Jeff?
3: They, they have Kyle Roth, too.
2: Well, yeah, but he's not playing right now because
3: he's hurt. Oh, was he not? Okay. Yeah,
2: but yeah I think they just – um they probably just – I didn't get to watch it, but they definitely beat a team that was – higher seeded than them and then they took two games off clutch mode so they had a good first tournament i know they were really happy i was talking to jordan later
4: oh, Good. so this is a team that's going to come back and and keep fighting more or less yeah awesome uh did you guys have any comments on kill the comp um i don't know if there's controversy around that one or what that is but i think vince asked and so huh? he, yeah he did kill the comp kill the comp which i mean bracket says no but uh is there some background on them
2: so, they are a UDC team that is transitioning to Elite, which is awesome. Um, I think they also have a player, too, from a f- another UDC team called Bullets. In Round Robin, they definitely did not kill the comp. Um, I didn't see them playing well. they on our side. But they got into the playoffs, and they won their playing game, and then they played Anarchy, and that game was 4-3.
0: Game yeah, 7, crazy. I
2: think it was down to like a 3-on-2. The whole gym was watching it because that series took a while. Um, they're just, they're a team that's very athletic and they, um, they don't play normal dodgeball. Like they like to like do crazy stuff. So you're throwing all your balls and they'll push you when you have burden and you'll start like throwing catches because you throw solo when you were trying to get ready for a team throw. And that's probably what happened. Uh, we were playing at the same time. So I only saw the last game and in that game they were catching Anarchy a little bit, but, um, they definitely, by the time they got to the bracket, were killing the comp.
4: Gents, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because like I think that's part of what helped Space Cadets get such a good um, good showing in Nationals because uh, they were just playing, for lack of better words, like unconventional dodgeball and it was throwing a lot of teams off and they couldn't recover in time. Looks like that almost was the case with Anarchy, but possibly because they got to play uh, seven games, they, they were able to, to overcome it. But uh, that would have been interesting if they if they had won because um, then they would have gone off to play Arkham and. Clutch mode, so it could be a completely different bracket we'd be looking at. Um, Yeah,
2: Anarchy's Road is really interesting, because they, uh, in Round Robin, I mean, they just went through everyone. I think they maybe had two game losses total, and so they probably played almost as many games in the bracket as they did earlier, because a lot of their series went to like 4-3. Three Three of their series went to 4-3, and one was 4-1. And after playing Kill the Comp, who's very unconventional, they went and played Arkham, who is very slow and methodical, and they're willing to play a 10-minute game just to get that win. And so that went to 4-3 for them, too. And um, by the time we played them in the finals, you could tell they were a little more gassed than they're used to being.
4: Yeah, I mean, so that's like two back-to-back seven games before they, they got to clutch mode. looks like they were able to, to coast a little bit there, but then they had to play another seven-game uh, series with you guys, so I could I could definitely see some fatigue setting in there.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, Jeff or, or Frankie, have you guys any thoughts on Taken or any impressions on them? That was one of the new teams that was brought up as well.
3: I think they just got to iron out some kinks. Uh, they're all new to Elite, so I think they just not used to the like they all play locally and they they do well locally but i think that just more of a step up for them when teams are like fully bringing like fully stacked teams and playing what uh to their top level at that point and i think it was just more of like a, a shock to them at that point
4: gotcha just gotta get indoctrinated first and then then come back after that first uh first event uh how about bloom So,
2: Bloom is a team that Jonathan Quo captains. He used to play in a lot of New York leagues, and he's moved to Philly, so he plays with Jeff and I. Um, So, I think half of that team is probably used to playing 8.5. The other half is probably used to playing no sting, but they catch pretty well, so that'll let them upset some teams sometimes. Um, And they have a really good cheer. They do two hands in their huddle before the game. I caught that a couple times. It looked pretty cool. (laughs) Nice.
4: Is that part of, like, the bloom, I'm guessing, or yeah. just being silly? Very cool. Um, and sorry for leaving out of this, Emily. I'm, I'm just assuming you were busy with women, so I don't think you got too much insight on on Open, or...?
1: Yeah, I really only got to see the finals game.
4: Uh, any takeaways from that um, that you noticed, or...?
1: Um, They were some really, really close games. They were super exciting to watch, and... Uh, Amanda, Kate and I were just really sidelining it for awesome, trying as best we could to help them out, shag balls, cheer for them, and they came out with the win and we were super psyched about it.
4: Nice. Yeah, I was watching uh, the the stream last night and I saw both of you was like, oh, sweet, yay, takeaways. But uh, I forget, it's hard to remember every little minute thing too. Um, How about you, Frankie? Like just overall, um, because I I do want to spend some time on some of these questions that I got. and just kind of go, like, uh I want to say rapid fire. But before we do that, just kind of recapping overall, just your your thoughts on open division.
2: Yeah, so going into the bracket, um, I think seeding was really important. Like Jeff said, we play them pretty often, and we'd rather play them at the fourth place game than Anarchy. And we actually were tied with Jeff's team, um... Who else was tied with us? Oh, Nice, Impact, and Awesome were all tied for match wins. And then we got the tiebreaker for game win percentage by like 1.4%. So that gave us the road that we kind of wanted to get to the finals. And then in the finals, Anarchy went up 3-1. But we we never, uh, Matt, we never lost faith. And um, we were able to get some good plays. Andy and Chris both played really, really well in the finals. Sam played well. Everyone else had moments and it just kind of all came together. And after last year, it felt really good to get a round win. And then just overall, um, I enjoyed Open a lot. There were a lot of new faces. Like I said earlier, a lot of new teams, or if not new teams, teams changed up their rosters a lot. So it felt like it was a pretty refreshing round. There's just a lot of newness and a lot of fun around that. Awesome.
4: Um, let's see. What about? Um, so, I want to go back real quick um, before I forget. Billy, uh, so I messaged him about this Kill the Comp thing, asking, like, hey, what was the deal behind that? It's like, like a sideburn or some kind. But uh, Billy did want to say that he wanted to give his props to Kill the Comp. So, before I forget, I just want to throw that in there. But um, how about you, uh, Jeff? Overall takeaways for, for Open?
3: Uh, my biggest takeaway was just that I think that the. Top four teams are the top four that should be there.
4: Yeah, there isn't anybody like, not to diss on anybody, but it's like, hey, what are they doing there? Like, that's pretty much what uh, we'd what expect.
3: Yeah, and like that, that's kind of like, that's kind of what really changed my perspective on the single elimination because I was, I was worried about that going into it, that there might be a team that just had like an easier road to get to the top four. But after seeing the results of this round, it, the top four, the, Top four that I believe should should be there with how they played that round.
4: Yeah, I don't know how this comment's gonna be received, but um, I'll just say it anyway. It's it's no offense to anybody. It's good to kind of see Team Awesome at the top because that's what I'm used to, and I don't like change. So <laughs> when I think of East, I still think, oh yeah, Team Awesome was like the dominating force. Um, it's obviously really cool that Anarchy and last year Goat and and some of these teams are stepping up. But yeah, it's kind of cool just seeing uh, Team Awesome up there again. And then, Amanda, uh, do you have any takeaways for Open like that you were able to, to see once you were
0: Yeah, prepared? like Hatt said, um, we really only caught the end. It was exciting to watch Awesome win. I think people might be surprised, like, why are you not rooting for, you know, the Boston team? But I think if this, back to when we first started playing Elite, if we weren't rooting for our own team, Davis, Dodgeball, we were always rooting for Team Awesome. It's just always kind of been a friendship. And now, you know, Frankie's on our team and Sam's on our team. I've played with um, a couple of the other players at different tournaments, so it is. It was nice to see Awesome win. Um, they're great on and off the court. We love playing with them. We love hanging out with them afterwards. Um, I do. I am not surprised by the four teams that are there based off of what I had heard about who was playing well and whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of the teams that are in like the five to seven range give some of those teams a run for the money. Their money. Um, it sounds like Kill the Cop might be able to work some things out between round one and round two. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how round two plays out. Yeah. If w- was, it, oh was
4: it
1: clutch mode that had the the coach on the sidelines in a suit?
0: Super-
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh,
3: what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me more. Yeah, that, yeah, it was clutch mode. You know, had a clipboard with plays and everything.
1: Yeah, it was funny. And a visor. I was like, oh, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a coach.
4: That's incredible like an actual coach or like kind of trolling but
3: still kind of serving as a coach or what was
1: i i think it was a little bit of trolling but that's my assumption i don't know
3: yeah i think it was just one of their buddies that just showed up that's awesome
4: <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah i somehow chris DeJesus, i'm not surprised i mean that guy is like the meme master and and just constantly trolling people so it just makes sense i don't know if that was his idea but why not <laughs> that's funny um God, I got to go back and I got to see footage of that or get a picture of it. Um, let's see. Did, uh, did you guys partake in Showdown at all?
0: I helped run it, so I saw about half of the games.
4: Gotcha. How about you, uh, uh, Jeff?
3: No, I didn't play. I haven't done Showdown yet. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of the cattle shoot type court.
4: So. The fact that it's like the size of a bowling alley or bowling lane or what yeah. you thought. Yeah. How about you, Frankie? Did you play?
2: I did not play. Um, I do know that random draw had a nice first round matchup of Matt Levine and Kyle Sander, though. Oh, that would be crazy, yeah. Actually. yeah, they're kind of doing their dodgeball journey together. They both used to play UDC, and now they're, you know, like young guys taking the dodgeball world dodgeball world by storm. And they uh, had to play each other first round, so that was pretty entertaining. That was the only one I caught.
0: Who came out with that win?
2: Matt. Oh, comfortably yeah, pretty easily
0: yeah it, it, Kyle <laughs> I, kept going for catches and at that close range it just wasn't happening
4: gotcha yeah I don't it'd be hard to do I think um just if anybody's throwing did uh so who took it who who won um,
2: it's only the first round right Amanda
0: yeah so there's still 16 16 uh oh, guys in yeah. it okay. um I think a little shockingly Mike McGee is out of it already because of his, uh, he was playing lefty and I think, I forget who he played off the top of my head, but he took a match or two off of them, but just couldn't, like I said, his left arms, not nearly as dominant or as accurate. So whoever he played, he, uh, they took him out. Um, trying to think who else
1: i know tj manning from our night shift team won his matchup i wasn't i didn't see the whole thing i don't know who it was against but it was against tim wells oh yeah yeah yeah
0: i didn't see it but i know that they
1: played TJ came out on top um
0: also,
1: yeah, it, little dig at Tim Wells. He threw the top of my water bottle in the garbage, just completely yeah. threw it away. Oh, what so is So your... now I have half a water bottle. It's like one of the bol- Ballistol ones, where like the top screws off, so you can put ice in it. Yeah. How it's
4: dare weird. he? I know. <laughs> how is uh? How well, was Tim by the way? You
0: him someone to get you a new water bottle. What was that? I said, if only she knew someone that could get her a new bottle. Yeah,
4: I think I might know a guy. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I hear yeah. he's not
4: approachable <laughs> at all and kind of a jerk, but we'll see. I might be able to pull some strings for you, Emily.
0: Thanks.
2: Thanks, guys.
4: Um, How, how was Tim and, and the Rochester Tigers? I meant to ask about them.
2: Yeah, so Tigers are one of those teams that is probably like in the five to eight range that will always have a chance to go past that. Um, Their big roster shakeup this year is picking up Tyler Alcantara, who is a monster, especially at 8.5. And Tim seems like he's finally back. I mean, I feel like he's always injured and like throwing weird and just there to jump or catch, but now he's good at jumping and catching off ball. So now that his throw is back to normal, he's very well-rounded and definitely back up there with the good players on the East Coast.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, I, so I played with him in Sin City, him and Tyler, and, uh, man, Tyler is a scary guy. And um, But Tim, it, it was awesome playing with him because I, I, I didn't see anything holding him back. Like, he was throwing pretty hard. He was catching a lot. And uh, like he said, he was, like, jumping and catching and throwing, like, all on purpose. So he looked really good. So I was curious to see how he, how he ended up doing or how he looks, but that's good to hear. Except for the fact that he's throwing away stuff that belongs to Emily. That sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move into some of the, the, the crowdsource questions. I was able to, to get a couple um, last night, um, and I've been saving this one for last. I want to see like what everybody thought, but uh, Colin asked uh, how many double catches will Chris, uh, I'm assuming Jesus will have this season. So, Anybody want to take that one?
0: Well, it seems like he got his second one. I think he got his first one last year at round three.
4: Really like, kind of fell out of bounds. I think I saw that.
0: Yeah. I didn't see this one, um, so maybe, maybe if he's feeling good, he'll have one per round. But he didn't have any luck at nationals, so maybe I'll say maybe two more. Two max. more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe people should stop throwing at his face because that's where he catches. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's the catch zone. Um, well, Colin also goes on to ask, like, who will have more double catches between him and Josh Ty. So, did Do- Josh Ty get a double catch? This past weekend, or
3: yeah, Josh, and I got a double catch on my team. Uh, just Sean McMahon and Ryan Fricker, both three of them at the same time. He's l- sitting on his knees, catches both of them real clean, and then brings ball up with each arm. And just you know, Josh started dancing on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he was very upset there because he didn't get it on camera. So, oh, dang it. Yeah, no, uh, we might have it on
2: camera. Yeah, you yeah. definitely have it.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, R- Ryan on our team might have it. uh so.
4: okay, so some footage out there might exist of this double catch.
3: Yeah, it was that might have been one of the most clean double catches I've ever seen. Though.
4: That was gonna be my next question. Like, was this like an almost like intentional one, or was it just kind of hey, two balls just fell in my bear hug attempt of a catch? But
3: yeah, it, it, it kind of was like both balls just happened to go there. But he like w- just when he brought them both out, he like brought them up to his shoulders, like one in each hand. It was just, it just, he made, he made it look beautiful.
4: So <laughs> of course I look like you're like, and you know, Josh, <laughs> just like, yep. Say no more. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, I will put you on the spot, Emily, who, who are you going to weigh in on who's going to have more double catches by the end of this, uh, season, Josh, Ty or, or Chris?
1: Um, I mean, I got a lot of love for Joshua Ty. I think he's going to come out with the most. I
4: agree. 100%. 100%. Frankie, how about you?
2: I'm gonna go with Chris.
4: Oh, all right. Uh, but you, Jeff, you're not. I think you're Team Josh. Uh,
3: I think Chris will because oh, okay. he he goes for more, and I think he positions himself better for the double catch.
4: Gotcha. Especially if they're throwing at his face, I guess. Um, hmm. So it's a tie. I'm curious to see how that's gonna play out. I won't weigh in. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't wanna get involved. Um, so Sergio asked uh, did any new wrinkles in Elite um, like no flight kills with 7 impact the the teams or players and we kind of covered um, best of 7 definitely covered single elimination but um, this no flight kill thing so I had to get clarification you can still take somebody out right you just can't run back that's the main difference
1: Right, right. You just get out when you touch down on the other side of the court. And I, I'm not sure which team it was. I know there was one team that was having a competition actually of who could get the most flight kills. It was, I think, between a guy and a girl. Did anyone catch who which team this was? No. Um, but I know um, there was a, a flight kill on the, the women's side. Um, I saw a flight kill during co ed as well. You just. You know, you just gotta wait until you're stacked with a bunch of players, and there's only one or two people left on the other side. And if you feel like you can take it and sacrifice yourself, you just do that.
4: Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh... So, I, I mean, you guys might remember it used to be called like a suicide, right? I mean, that that's I think some people still call it that, like an NDL term. But the whole idea was whether you get them out or not, you're you're done like that's the whole point of a suicide so I wonder if that again just wonder how the rest of the rounds are going to play out and see if that's going to um, hang anybody up but um, yeah I don't think um, I think we covered pretty much any other like, there wasn't any other big changes that I'm missing right I mean it was single elimination best of seven no flight kills um, I want to say that's about it right like, like there isn't like blaringly obvious change
0: I think no, the one, more people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say the one rule that I think people had a lot of questions about was the burden and when the refs are supposed to start the count of the burden. And maybe I'll leave that up to either Amanda or Frankie because they're really good with the rules. But I feel like I'm still not totally sure. Um, so, but it's it sounds like on the side of the burden, you need to have all of the balls in on the court before the burden starts to be counted. So if there's four balls, then you need to wait for that fourth ball no matter what the color is. And somebody mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here.
0: So Mark and I actually talked today to like discuss how round one went and that was my big feedback to him was like, make sure that this is explicitly clear with your refs and your players on the West Coast, because it was a question on a lot of courts, both women's and open co-ed even still. Um, But according to our interpretation of the rules and how Serge, who was on the rule committee, responded to a question that Matt Geo had on the rules in the elite page, Um, Emily described it right. So all balls need to be on the court, on the side of Burden before Burden can start. And that was a, a, a Point of contention for a couple different teams and a couple different refs um, but Mark is planning to clarify all of that because I believe West Coast round one is next weekend
4: mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Um, so he's going to make sure that it is explicitly clear moving forward
4: gotcha yeah I mean it's, it's a good idea because you know the West Coast they're very we're all very vocal people so
0: yeah that was just going to be my comment was that I feel like um, the other big change was that every player had to pass the rule test which I know was stressful for a few people, um, maybe a lot of people. But I think there was way less questions from teams about rules this year than there has been in the past. I felt like most players knew the rules. They knew when something happened that they were out or they knew why their teammates were out. So I feel like while that part stressed a lot of people out, it also helped the flow of the day to go better because people weren't constantly coming up and asking rule clarification questions and things like that
4: gotcha yeah so okay so not so much a for that last one not so much like a a change to the actual game it's just
0: format yeah format
4: and more is being expected of you as a as an elite player like you are i think you're pretty much being treated like an actual athlete in a professional organization so that's awesome yeah tedious but i know it's awesome um and and just going to help out in the long run but um so, I'll go ahead and wrap this up, but I do want to ask one last question, um, and this we will, will do it like the true uh, roundtable format. And um, I just think this is good, especially since you guys have a lot of um, experience. And, you know, we, we did talk about some of the new teams that came out, but uh, Abdul asked, what were your thoughts on some of the newer teams that came out this year? Kind of talked about them, but the part I really like is just what advice would you give to them that uh, may not have had the best start or just, you know, trying to keep them motivated to come back, and we'll start with you, Emily, if you have any takeaways or any advice or guidance that you'd like to put out.
1: Um, I think for the newer teams that came out, a big part of it is just going to be getting used to playing together. Um, But I think uh, just having strong corners, and that's going to be something that you figure out with time, but having your strong throwers who are going to play aggressive defense, um, that's where you got to put them. And I think as much as possible to come up with, you know, one, two, maybe three plays that are pretty easy to remember, but just to have those go-tos. I know it's hard for newer teams, especially if they're not practicing together or don't get that time um, to play together beforehand. I know that's difficult, but I feel like um, the teamwork has always been something that's made a really big difference on the teams that I play on.
4: Nice. So don't, don't go crazy with like play calling don't overcomplicate things. Just kind of take stuff a step at a time and, and just really work on the teamwork aspect and hang in there uh, more or less. Right. Nice. Uh, about you, Frankie? What guidance would you give?
2: So I would say to make sure you're being open with each other and honest, but still positive. I, um, I think a big part about dodgeball is making sure that you're always working on something and trying to improve at something. And if you you're not willing to let a teammate give you a positive critique on a play after a game or maybe a tournament as a whole. You're not really going to change and get better. So if you feel like you had a rough start, feel free to solicit advice from your team, other players, but keep working at it. Keep grinding.
4: Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, So again, say what you will about the hashtag dodgeball family, but I have seen some people say, like, hey, how do I throw harder or how do I do better at catching or how do I not be so tired? And... um. It seems like people are willing to help and give advice and good constructive criticism if you're open to it. So that that's huge. I mean that that will help anybody improve dramatically if you're just don't take anything personally and just be open and receptive to pointers for like a bit of words. Um how about you Jeff? What what guidance would you give or advice?
3: Yeah, I think you just need to like again just yeah, be honest with each other critique what your mistakes were um, and you need to realize what your mistakes are Um, and then also I feel like always practicing together helps out you gotta build chemistry and then as far as like when you go up against teams that you're not too familiar with you need to study up and learn what their tendencies are and learn what mistakes they make and then how to capitalize on those mistakes nice
4: and Amanda how about you
0: Um, yeah I agree with with the communication piece Um, I think our current women's team has a ton of open communication. We're like constantly discussing different things we want to try and being really open of like, no, that won't work. Or let's wait on trying that, um, which has been really nice this year. Um, I think something we did recently that was helpful was watching some footage. We didn't even necessarily watch footage of teams we were playing against, but teams we look up to and kind of to see some like strategies that they use that we might want to implement on defense, on offense, different things. That was really helpful. Um, and just going out and playing as much as possible. So our team for both Roy- Royale and Night Shift, we haven't played together for Royale ever, and Night Shift with the addition of NAR, we haven't played together before um, or since last season. But um, just playing regularly against, you know, the the Anarchy guys um, and some really good players in our leagues, it you just the more you play, the better you're going to get. So like, you know, if you're only playing each round, then it's going to be hard to improve, but if you're constantly playing against good players um, and looking for places to improve, you know, your blocking game, your catching game, focusing on different things, um, it's a good place to start.
4: Nice. Yeah, it's it's cool that you guys can can practice and, and sharpen your swords, for lack of better words, on uh, with Anarchy. Like, I made the comment to one of my teammates, I think it was Izzy, like, we have catch to play with and against, so, I mean, that's, that's both a blessing and a curse, but, I mean... Yeah. Yep you really can't ask for a better trainer than than someone like him or somebody of his caliber. So very cool. Um, I think we'll go ahead and just wrap it up there. Um, definitely curious and excited to see how these uh, rest of the rounds play out. And I was just remembering like being, I don't want to say not nervous, but just completely in the dark kind of about East when we started the panels last year. But then by round three, I was like, oh, I remember this name. I remember this person progression, this team. So I'm real excited to to see that growth again and, and get to know uh, the region some more. But um, I think uh, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for for hopping on and Jeff, thanks for coming in last minute. That was uh, really cool of you. Appreciate it. And if we bring you up, back up again, definitely can give you more warning next time so you can kind of plan around it. But uh, I think we'll go ahead and just uh, end the interview there. Alrighty, so that was a recap of the Elite uh, Round One East tournament that took place on Saturday, March 2nd. And uh, thank you guys so much, Amanda, Emily, uh, Frankie, and Jeff for for hopping on. Especially Jeff uh, for hopping on last minute, <laughs> literally just plucked you from your from your evening plans. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, as always, it's great to just get to know the teams more. And I uh, definitely need to shake up the cobwebs and and start remembering, or re-remembering rather, some of the team names and players, and and just get to know the East more. And I'm really looking forward to doing that with the other divisions as well. So um, if you have any feedback on how this um, on how this recap went, please let me know whether it's good or bad or just suggestions and improvements. I know I sent out that survey last year. I did get some good feedback, but I would I'm always open to it. I'm always trying to make things better and just do the teams and players and the sport justice. So. Feel free to come at me with any um, comments on that anytime, and then also um, huge congratulations to um, Team Awesome for taking Open, Hello for taking Coed, and Roy L for taking Women's. Um, again, just going back to getting to know the division, it's really exciting to be able to see or project how these teams are gonna are gonna progress throughout the year and what's gonna come our way come national. So all all good stuff and uh holy crap elites here so on that note i'll just kind of stop now and just get ready for the uh round one recap for west coming up next week um anyway if you're still with me have a great uh rest of your evening a great weekend and we'll see you next time Yeah, guys, thank you so much for, for for doing this and being so um I want to say meticulous like just so organized. It's I think you're my favorite panel to work with so far. So, I'm really excited for future ones.
1: Go East Coast. <laughs>
4: yeah. I might <laughs> keep that. I'll, I'll throw that in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> oh god. <laughs>
4: <laughs> awesome. Very blooper cool. Real. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, towards the end, it'll definitely be like a the blooper at the, at the end that some people might pick up on actually happens or not. So,
1: nice.